Welcome back. Uh, you are watching Stock Watch with me, Bright Kumalo, tackling your stock-related questions this evening. Uh, Nilesh Hasanji from Old Mutual Investments and Mark Dutoy from Oyster Catcher Investments. Don't forget to send those questions via SMS to 41392, email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag stockwatch. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. I'll start with you, Mark. I mean... Uh, blood on the streets, eh? Um, what's driving markets these days? I mean, I think we uh, we can uh, we can agree and say we've all been, you know, waiting waiting with bated breath of what's going to happen tomorrow with the Fed. Yes, um, so the Fed rate hike decision tomorrow, and um, I mean, I think the the uh, consensus is for a seventy-five basis point basis point increase, um, but I guess the the interesting thing will actually be the market reaction once the announcement is made. Um, I think that there's a lot of money that's sitting on the sidelines once to get more involved in the market again. And if, it, if the Fed comes out with the same statement that it has been making all along, it's data dependent and 75 basis points is the, is the announcement, you know, it might be taken quite favorably by the market. Yeah, I mean, locally, our, our stock market, um, Nilesh, is, you know, closed up, I think, about a fifth of a percent there. Um, we're heading in a different direction as compared to global markets. So what, 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 what was the driver behind our own uh, performance today? I mean, if you look at the RAND, for example, it's sitting at 1770. So not good news for, you know, some of those SA Inc. stocks. Yeah, I uh, share the, the same thoughts. I think, you know, perhaps the market's taking a bit of an ad break. We've been watching the movie of the Fed play out. <laughs> and uh, we're heading into, into the final half of the movie, you know, over the week. Uh, you know, as the market becomes more defensive, we've seen the stronger dollar and we've seen a bit of Iran weakness coming through. Uh, in addition, we've had, you know, Eskom announcing stage six notion over the weekend. Yeah. So, you know, that sentiment, you know, just coming through on the SA in stocks. Um, but other than that, it's, it's kind of balanced. I mean, today we saw a bit, a bit more favorability for the financials relative to gold. And, you know, possibly there is, you know, the, the higher rates will still be supportive for financial stocks for the endowment effect. Um, but that's coming off again, you know, but of a week, week for the financials. Yeah, interesting. I'm seeing here, you know, companies like Discovery and APSA <laughs> were some of our top winners, something we haven't seen in uh, a very long time, at least this year. Um, let's jump straight into our questions. We have here Share Square 2 uh, on, on, on Twitter who says, is Steinoff going up or down, Mark? I mean, this has to be, an, you know, the question of the decade because it's only been going in one direction for the past 10 years. Yes. Well, I mean, there's still a lot of question around, you know, how much debt forgiveness is going to be. There's still court cases that are... And, you know, it was still ongoing. I mean, I think there was a, a point where um, the, you know, the, the U.S. Uh, manu manufacturers of mattresses were doing very well. It was about a year ago. And at that point, their investment in mattress firm was looking likely like they could relist it. But, um, you know, given what's happened now with the, with the markets, I mean, that option is no longer on the table. Um, and then, of course, the other big investment that they still own is the, the Pepco business in Europe. 
Yeah. And I mean, Europe is facing a very difficult situation with high energy prices and likely recession. So for, me, for, for us, I mean, sound off, it's, it's not a buy at this point. So I would vote it's going down. Look, if everything around you is getting expensive, I'd assume it makes sense, you know, that a, a discount, um, what do you call, retailer is where people are going to be spending their additional pounds in this case. So w why is everyone worried, Nilash? The environment is getting tougher. I mean, uh, Europe inflation is higher than what we're seeing in, in South Africa, which is, <laughs> I mean, who would have thought Europe would be an emerging market <laughs> um, running at these inflation levels? Uh, yeah. Sourcing, everyone's worried about supply chains, cost of living is going up. Uh, the market's just getting incrementally tougher. Um, following high inflation, we're seeing higher rates and consumers um, are likely to take, uh, you know, the discretionary spend will, 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 be, will be slowing. Yeah, and I have um, to, yeah, I have to agree with both of you gentlemen that you know, higher interest rates uh, when you have a, a massive debt in your balance sheet and a lot of um, you know litigations overhanging you know the whole you know stock price. So it's 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 not going to be helpful in such an environment where yes, there might have been opportunities to take advantage of, but unfortunately, you can't do that. That sort of anchors you down. You can't really move as flexibly as you want. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, Tabo is asking us a question here. He says, good evening. Can I please have the panel's thoughts on uh, Cairo at these levels and the outlook going forward? Um, I'll start with you, Mark. I mean, great numbers from Edvitech. And uh, we saw also, you know, the tertiary division, what used to be Cairo, also doing well, um, which is Daddy, obviously. And uh, what's happening with Cairo? Is, is that business, you know, living up to expectations. Yeah, I think that uh, Carol also do well. I mean, the, the story at Carol is really now that they are going to grow into their capacity. So their schools are largely built. They're going to add a few classrooms um, as capacity fills, but they've got a large number of students in grade eight that um, will roll into grade nine, 10, 11, and 12. And so that gives them kind of a natural um, rise in their revenue. I mean, their revenue will probably grow um, over, you know, in the double digits for the next three to four years. And that really gives it a nice earnings underpin. Also, I think in South Africa, I mean, well, all over the world, but um, particularly in South Africa, people are really willing to sacrifice a lot to pay for a, a good education for their children. So I think that their earnings will be defensive in that respect as well. Um, yeah, and I think that the big uh, worry about them having too much debt. I mean, there was the rights issue which happened, I think it was two years ago. Yeah. Um, and they, the cash flows are clearly now able to pay down the debt. You should see the dividends starting to rise as well. So, yeah, we quite like uh, Caro, yeah. Wow, I never thought I'll hear those words, dividend and Caro, in one sentence. Uh, uh, dividend puppy approves. Um, Nilesh, I mean, that's an interesting you know, sort of change in strategy to accept more students in grade eight. Do you think they're trying to counter what happened at Edvitech where we're seeing, a, you know, a, a lot of people, especially in those, uh, you know, early, earlier grades in high schools, you know, leaving the country is very easy, uh, you know, to yank your kids out of school. And obviously that had a, a massive impact on the balance sheet of something like an Edvitech. 
No, I think I think it's a sensible strategy. I mean, uh, you know, grade eight is the entry point in, into high school, mm-hmm. and you and I said they have capacity that they they can and fill up with students, and if they have demand, it, it's sensible to get the guys in in grade eight and let them move through the through the grades uh, to complete high school under a common syllabus, and you know, you you build your friends and friendship circles with the guys that you start with and hopefully continue with them. Yeah. Um, at, yeah, and you just hope you get that, as uh, Mark commented, is you get them going through the grades and pull the capacity, you know, and secure your revenue and your future through that. Okay, yeah, because, I mean, it's, I, would, I, would, I would assume and think that it's much harder to attract, you know, grade 9s and grade 10s and grade 11s. Uh, well, do, do people even take people in grade 11? I, I don't think that's, that's even a thing. Uh, we've got two questions um, here from James. Okay, so two questions about Tungela. One is from James, which uh, is, um, will Tungela keep performing? Uh, Mark, will Tungela keep performing? Uh, this one says, uh, the second was on the SMS line, which says, um, your view on Tungela as they go ex-dividend on Wednesday, is it worth a buy here? I mean, the stock is already up 400% this year. This is from Andrew. Um, Mark? Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, I guess the, I mean, obviously the the main driver behind Tungela's earnings is the coal price. So, given the huge upheaval we've seen in in Europe, um, the main, I mean, Europe surprisingly is is built their their whole energy grid on the back of cheap gas supplies out of Russia. Um, the Nord Stream One gas pipelines now being turned off. Which has created a huge scramble for energy in Europe, and um, they are able to. They do have coal-fired plants still, and it is able to accept the South African coal. In fact, some of the plants were built to accept South African coal, and so we've seen the the APR full price, the South African coal price above three hundred dollars a ton, which, you know, for 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 many years the the kind of target price was seventy-five dollars a ton. So it really is a strange period for coal miners. And Tungelis is doing extremely well at the moment. Um, and what's been pleasing, I suppose, is that uh, they've stuck to their policy of paying out excess cash, um, which is difficult for a mining stock to do because you obviously, when times are tough, it's difficult to raise money. When times are good, your tendency is to try to hold on to that cash. Um, and Tungelis has been quite steadfast in its dividend in stating that it's going to pay out cash in in uh, in high dividends um, today was the, the the dividend date for Tungela so tomorrow it's going to trade ex div um, the difficult question I suppose is will it really go higher from here I think that if coal prices don't go even higher I don't think that Tungela will give you um, a dividend plus type of return you'll get your your dividends out of it, which are hard, it's like a 20% dividend yield wow. plus. Um, but, you know, for maybe for a three-year period, further than that, it's very difficult to say because there could be some kind of resolution on the Ukraine-Russia war. Um, so really, if, you, if you're buying Tungela, I would say you're buying it on a three-year dividend return basis. Before we move on, I want to hear your thoughts, Nilash, on, on Tungela, whether it's still got legs here or it's just a dividend play like we heard uh, you know from our colleague here uh, mark yeah I, I agree to some extent i think if if 
again, it's largely related to the coal price. And if coal prices stay where they are, just given the dynamics in the market, uh, you know, Europe is still looking for coal. Uh, China has issued hydropower and also looking for coal. And South Africa and Exara provide the high-quality coal. Uh, you know, we're seeing significant amounts of demand, limited supply in the market uh, as people scramble for, for alternative energy suppliers. Um, even after the dividend, if coal prices stay where they are, Exara um, will generate, sorry, uh, together will generate a significant amount of cash. Um, you know, but the dynamics in the market will dictate the, the coal prices. So one way I would still be, be, be cautious around buying in at these levels, but also one way you just continue to monitor the coal price. Yeah, and just to add on to that, um, Nilash and Mark, I'd like to think that, you know, um, Russian pipeline that supplies, you know, European gas, it's still going to be used, you know, weaponized, um, even if the, you know, Russia-Ukraine war ends. So there'll still be that, you know, I don't know, cold or, you know, cold war uh, through that pipeline, which is not going to be good, you know, as a, you, you can't depend in a country like that if, you know, you want to be productive and consistent in your own country. So maybe there's still... Uh, a thesis here for 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 such energy maybe not for long like you said uh, five-year horizon but there's still definitely a case there um we're back to our questions uh we have a question by andres uh, who says hi can the panel please give a view on Baldwin properties a recent trading statement was quite positive uh mark yeah i mean Baldwin has typically traded at a low um, valuation level I think it kind of does fall in to that category of the, the smaller uh, cap stocks that do tend to trade at depressed multiples. Just unless there's a big growth story behind it, it's difficult to really get a, a premium rating as a smaller uh, capitalized stock. Um, also, I guess that for, for things to get really exciting in the residential property space, I mean, we do need better GDP growth in South Africa. And given what's happening around the world with interest rates and added to that our difficult ESCOM and power shortage situation, I mean, I think it's, it's going to be difficult to get a real bull case going behind Baldwin properties. Um, so again, I think it's kind of a stock that you'll do well out of your dividend flow, but not necessarily out of a, a ratings upgrade on the stock. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the share price is down about 73.5% uh, since listing in 2015. The business has probably doubled since then. I mean, it's growing revenues quite nicely. I mean, I said to you earlier, Mark, uh, that, um, you know, that revenue number and that earnings number that you keep seeing uh, from these guys is always, you know, surprising to the upside. Uh, they run a tight ship, but the share price just doesn't agree all the time. I don't know. What are these guys doing wrong? Maybe Neelash has got insights for us. Um, yeah, I think, you know, when you, when you look at the trading statement, the numbers were great, but it was all about the outlook. Uh, you know, management were commenting that rising rates um, and the economic pressure will temper sales. You know, couple, coupled with that, you know, they are commenting on construction price inflation. So, you know, you're seeing it, um, you know, globally, you know, as with rising commodity prices, we're seeing the cost of inputs, you know, increasing. Uh, so when you look at the whole picture, it's almost that you... You know, they're guiding towards, you know, temporary sales and slowing margins, you know, from high inflation. Okay. Um, and an environment where the company is telling you, uh, guys, you need to be a bit more cautious. 
you know, you'd expect it to reflect on the share price. Um, but there's no mistaking that, you know, their business is, is quite differentiated. It's just, uh, you know, at what point in the cycle we are. And clearly, this is one where, um, you it's know, we are perfect. getting a bit more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Buitumelo here um, on Twitter says, good afternoon. Can you kindly ask your panel about JP Morgan? Uh, do you follow JP Morgan at all, Mark? No, I can't uh, give specific insights into JP Morgan. I mean, investment banking is typically a very good industry for the management teams, not so great for shareholders. Um, yeah, but uh, I haven't looked at JP Morgan in detail, so I can't give a... Yeah, except for the fact that JP Morgan has outperformed basically any South African listed, you know, share in the financial services space even if you convert it into dollars or rands, you you actually choose <laughs> which one you want and they pay a better dividend and they've outperformed the likes of goldman sachs which are pure you know investment banks so any thoughts nilash on, on on jp morgan um i think generally the banks you know in the u.s have fared you know much better coming out of COVID because you know they have had you know, rising rates, strong growth coming out of the U.S., you know, with government supporting the economy and the growth. And J.P. Morgan was the bank that's more consumer-focused uh, or has a balance between ID and, and the consumer bank yeah. Yeah. Uh, relative to the likes of the Goldman Sachs, you know, which we spoke about. Um, and in that sense, um, you know, have, have outperformed the African banks, you know, as you mentioned. Um, but in this environment where, you know, you're concerned about growth, you're concerned about a recession, um, you're concerned about inflation does mean you know the banks will will be a little weaker you know at this point in the cycle yeah and i, li I like you mentioned uh, you know th those factors and didn't mention the fact that you know high interest rate is necessarily good for these banks because that's not showing up in their balance sheets as well so no yeah, i no. can't I, I i it's very hard uh to buy that narrative when reality tells you otherwise right i mean theoretically we all know that's what's supposed to happen but reality is uh you know scolding us and teaching us a good lesson here uh mark uh we've got a question on the sms line which says um is coronation a buy at these levels and can the dividend be maintained i think this is a very good question uh, from mike here because we always look at you know these things in a vacuum but here this is a good dividend payer historically uh, they've got double digits uh, you know uh, the last time i checked was around 13 percent dividend yield but can they keep you know paying that uh, in the current market where we know they're sort of a proxy for the whole stock market actually yeah, so I guess that is the main point behind Coronation is that it is kind of a proxy for the market. Um, they do well when the equity markets are rising, they do very well, particularly if they have great um, investment performance, they earn good performance fees, and then the dividend can be quite high. So their policy is to pay out 100% of earnings and dividends, so I think the policy will be maintained, but the absolute level of dividend will probably be lower given you know, the, the pullback in the markets. I must say though, it is looking particularly cheap. So it depends on your investment time horizon. So, you know, if you're looking in the next six months, maybe it's not the best time to enter, but if you're gonna hold it for longer, you know, it's not expensive at all. 
Yeah, I mean, asset center management uh, as a ratio of staff they have. Um, you look at, you know, other metrics, <laughs> including, you know, I don't know, your PE ratio at single digits, um, you know, earnings multiples, all of those things. They look very cheap. And, and I sort of scratch my head. I'm like, what does the market know that I don't? Uh, maybe you have an answer, Neelash. No, I agree with Mark. Uh, you know, the dividend is largely a function of the level of earnings and the, the level of earnings in, in for, for an asset manager is largely dependent on one market and two, the, you know, the AUM. And in the top market, uh, you know, the, the price reflects that the earnings, you know, are taking, uh, are going to be lower. Um, yeah. So yes, they can maintain a payout, but it depends on the level of earnings that, that, that get reported. So we all agree that the payout ratio might be maintained, but to, to what uh, the, a, the absolute numbers are going to look like, we might not find ourselves at double digits dividends, at least in the next year or so. Interesting. Um, this one says, which stock should I pack my money for dividends besides British American tobacco? Um, any local stocks that come to mind, uh, Mark? Well, I mean... Uh I think that the South African banks are going to be able to pay very decent dividends for the next two to three years. Um, they're still sitting with a lot of excess provision stock, which they built up during COVID. And um, I mean, unless, you know, we're not facing a situation where South Africa facing a deep recession. So although our earnings, I mean, our GDP growth numbers are not uh, I mean, are pretty pedestrian at kind of 1% a year. I mean, it would be really helpful if we could get that to two. But, um, yeah, I think that the banks, they're not going to face particularly high credit loss ratios and they've got excess provision stock on the, on the balance sheets. And I think that they will maintain the high dividends and perhaps even pay out a higher dividend ratio than, than previously in order to kind of um, keep their return on equity ratio uh, in their target ranges. Yeah, I mean, we saw a surprise, uh, you know, statement come out from First Rand uh, with that special dividend as well. So that's a, a case in point. Um, where would you park your money um, or clients' monies here, uh, Neelash, in this environment for dividends specifically? I would also say the banks uh, for the same reasons Mark said, but I would also add, you know, even the insurance companies, um, you know, they also have uh, you know, pretty chunky capital. Uh, they have provisions which they built up, you know, over COVID, which they're still maintaining. Um, and in time, uh, you know, we could see that capital being returned. So, yeah, banks, financials, and even buy bonds. I mean, South African bonds, yields are high, and you can get a good uh, yield coming out of the bonds as well. Yeah, and we, we heard from um, one of the you know, top performing asset managers in the credit space saying that they're seeing a lot of outflows in, in credit. I mean, uh, so people are selling, you know, left, right and center at yields of 10 to 11 percent. It tells you maybe this is the time to have a look what's going on there. <laughs> um, let's jump into our stock picks for the evening. Uh, Neelash? Yeah, so my stock pick is Sun International. Okay. Uh, as we're heading to as we're heading into to summer, um, people are going to get out for the holidays, and the best place to enjoy the time in the sun is at Sun City. <laughs> um, um, but 
you know, we expect locals uh, to continue traveling and enjoying the holidays at Sun City. We're seeing more flights coming into South Africa from, from you know, Europe, which is expecting to be a harsh winter. So that would still be attractive for them to come in and enjoy enjoy the time out in South Africa. And since then, the consumer has been relatively resilient in terms of, you know, coming out of COVID and just getting back to normal life and enjoying their time in the sun. So Sun International it is. Okay, fantastic. I like that. Sun City, uh, Sun International. <laughs> Mark, your pick for the evening? So I'm picking uh, Mondi tonight, the paper and packaging business. Um, so we all know Europe's experiencing a difficult energy crunch. Yep. And what's interesting about Mondi is that they provide 80% of their own energy requirements um, using their biomass um, burners. Um, Coupled with that, I mean, they're a really great uh, uh, management team, good capital allocators. There's going to be difficulty experienced by their competitors in Europe. I mean, they could, it gives them a lot of optionality to look at buying out smaller mills, or I think there'll be a lot of opportunity for them to, to continue what they're doing and consolidating and their business and the market and uh, continuing to, to fully integrate their business. Um, plus, you get... Um, potentially a large special dividend. I mean, we saw they announced that they found a buyer for their Russian business. Now that price that they've quoted is one and a half billion euros, plus you get the cash within the business. And they've said that they will distribute that as a special dividend. Um, so if that deal goes ahead, that's a 20% dividend payment, which I don't think is being reflected at all in the share price at the moment. So you've got that underpin as well. So I like that. So you, um, it's 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 Mondi with Mark and Neelash with Sun International. So buy the optionality of Mondi and obviously uh, buy into Sun City. That's where we're going this summer. Thank you very much, gents. Uh, thanks to my guests, Neelash Hasanji uh, from Old Mutual Investments and Mark Dutoy from Oyster Catcher Investments. Julieta is back with Stockwatch tomorrow. Same time, same place. Have a good evening. Thank <laughs> you.